0: This is the Big Church Podcast. So, so good to be back here uh, at home. I was preaching at another church last Sunday, and uh, it was a good time, but it is so good to be home. There's something about being with your own people, and and so I'm expecting everybody to clap and and to talk back and laugh, even when it's not funny today. Come on. Thank you for that cheer. I really appreciate that. But how many of y'all have enjoyed the David series so far? It's been so good. It's been so good. We, we learned in week one that, that, uh, that the, there was a boy that got turned into a king. And then in week two, we, were, we looked down and we saw the boy, a young boy, that got turned into a hero. He fought a giant and he was a hero. Last week, from what I heard, my beautiful wife did an excellent job with called, come on, come on, let's give it up. A message called Just a Glance. Today, we're going to kind of take a glance back. From where? A lot of times in a progression of the story, you're going to start talking about something that's happening forward. Well, we're going to go back to that first little bit where David is made king. And the title of this message is, There's Purpose in the Pasture. Yeah. There's Purpose in the Pasture. Samuel uh, was sent by God to anoint a new king of Israel because Saul, if you don't know, Saul messed up and, and he just was, God took it away from him. So he sent him to the house of Jesse. Jesse had all kinds of sons and he told him, he says, I'm, gonna, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to anoint a king there. You just have to go. So Jesse goes in. I mean, uh, Samuel goes in, and he's looking at all the, again, the first one comes up. He's tall, dark, and handsome, and he's like, surely that's got to be the one. And God said, no, that's not the one. And he goes down the line through seven of his sons, and he says, and none of them were chosen. And so God finds find Samuel's like, what in the world? So let's pick up the story here. But I love this right here. It says, David was not called to the party, but in 1 Samuel 16, 11, it says, and Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? And then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is. Say, There he is. There he is. Keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. There he is, because here David is. He's being seen, but he's overlooked. He's being seen. They know exactly. They're looking out into the field and they're saying, well, there's David right there. But, you know, he was still being overlooked. And if we, you remember the first week, we talked about that he was an outcast kind of in his family. He was kind of disregarded. His father didn't even invite him. When he said, invite all your sons, he didn't even invite David to the party. So how must that have made him look? But when it says, but David had to make a choice. He had to make a choice to go. Even when everything was telling him, he could have said, they didn't invite me to the party. You know, how many times the enemy come in and he starts rehearsing all these things and and you see disappointment in your life and say, they didn't even invite me to the party. I'm not going. They really don't even want me there. You know, all of this stuff starts going on in his mind. I don't fit in. And you know what? I don't really have the qualifications to go sit at the table with the rest of the people. And you know what he said too? He says, and they're all mad at me. Because Samuel said, nobody is going to sit down until you, until David arrives. Have you ever had like seven angry guys that were hungry, hangry all at the same time? Especially guys. Well, let me just tell you a little story. Um, Pastor Mindy and I were coming back from vacation and we were on a very secluded part of the road, and there was not a lot of stuff out there. And she was getting hungry-hangry, like really bad. So I went by the the right the exit that there was, I think, a Chick-fil-A on it. She saw the sign that said Chick-fil-A, and I passed it up. I really did it on accident, but I paid for it, because the next exit that didn't have any food on it was 44 miles on down the road. The, as we went farther and farther, the more hangrier she got. The more, finally, I was like, "I'm about to kick you out of the house, out of this car." But you know, can you imagine what David might have felt like? All the brothers are like, "Come on, we want to eat, and we got to wait for this little guy to come in. We got to wait for him. Nobody wants him around anyway." But sometimes you just got to go when you don't feel like going. Why? It says, send him and bring him forth because we're not going to sit down until David comes into the party. Let me tell you something. There's a place at the table that only you can fill. There's a place at the table that only you can fill. And what they viewed as a problem, God viewed as, a, as potential. There's a place at the table that only you can fill. What they viewed as a problem, God saw as potential. You see weakness, and God says, see strength. You see limit, limited, and God sees limitless. You got to start seeing things a little different. You see broken, and God says, restored and made new. There is something that you bring to the table that no one else can. They can try, they can come, and they can sit, and they can do whatever they want to do. But there is something God has specifically given you the opportunity to be, and you have to bring it to the table each and every time. Gifts, talents, potential, everything. Verse 13. Oh, man, I'm feeling all like a preacher up in here. (laughs) Verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came on David from that day forward. But look at this. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Samuel went, arose and he went home. David's probably going, wait a minute. Didn't you just anoint me, king? Where are you going, Samuel? Uh, Samuel, right here. Me. Where are you going? You're leaving. What did that trip back to the pasture look like for David when he didn't get taken by Saul? Wow. What did it look like? He sent back to the pasture. That journey must have been something. He was going, but but God, it's me, it's me. Very first point is this: the pasture is not punishment. If you treat the pasture as punishment, you'll always be in timeout. If you treat it as punishment, you're always going to be in timeout. I remember I used to years ago had a daycare in, our, in my home. And there was this one. There was this five-year-old little angel. <laughs> he was really a B-word—not um, the word you all are thinking of. Get out! Get your minds out of the gutter. He was a brat. Can I just be honest with you? Have you ever been around those children that you hear them talking to your, talking to their parents, or talking to an adult, and you're like, man, if if I want to talk to my mom that way, she would have put me underneath the house. They would have never found any trace of me anyway coming up. But this little boy, I, I remember grabbing him a few times, and I'm telling myself in trouble. I mean, literally putting him in time out. And as soon as I put me in time, he'd pop right back up. And he'd look at me and say, You're not my dad. You could, feel, you could hear that demon kind of just manifesting itself in him. But you're not my dad. And I was like, If I was your dad, you would be dead being honest. Boy, y'all are getting all of it this morning. Here we go. But don't you know when kids say, but why? Have you ever been around a why whiner? But why? Why do we have to do this? You know, I can't say there was no why in my house. Mom said it was her way or the highway. There was no other in between. Kegan said amen on that one. But why? But David had to had to start answering the questions. Why? Why couldn't I stay at the house? He was hurt. He started saying to himself, Why in the world was I not even invited? And I'm headed back to these stupid sheep. Anger started coming up in yeah. David. If I'm the king, then why am I having to go back to why am I going back to these sheep? Yeah, I'm the king. I got anointed. Why didn't he take yeah. me back? Pride started coming up inside of David. And he says, Why wasn't I taken to the palace? Fear. Maybe they got it wrong. Yeah. Listen. Maybe, they, maybe I'm not supposed to be the king. Wow. The enemy comes in and he starts telling you, yeah. God's already told you who you're supposed to be. And he comes in and he tries to tell you something you're not. And he gets you to believe it. Oh, maybe they just made a mistake. But what God had to do, he had to eliminate the why wow. to get to the what. Yeah. Right, right. He has to eliminate a lot of whys in your life to get you to the place where you'll know what you are supposed to do. So right. Number two, the pasture is a time of correction, ooh, that's a bad word, and preparation. He was sent back to the pasture to get prepared. To get to the palace, to get to the place, to get to the destiny that God has for you, there is going to be a process. Michael Todd says process is a bad word. We don't like to say, that's a cuss word, he says. (laughs) We don't like the process. Isaiah 40, 31 says this. But those that wait on the Lord, boom. We're not reading the rest of it. Because we can't get past the first sentence. We don't even read the rest of it. Leave it up there just for a minute. We don't even read the rest of it because the first sentence automatically smacks us in the head. Say, well, I ain't got time to do that. Wait? I'm supposed to wait? We have two different generations. I preached in a little older church last Sunday. And, you know, they're sitting and waiting. And I'm not against the old, listen, Listen, I'm old. But I'm not, I'm not for sitting back and not doing anything that I'm supposed to be doing. We have a generation that thinks, man, we're just going to, the good old days are going to come back and we're going to do that. We're not going to change anything. And, you know, we're just waiting on that to happen again. Sometimes you've got to do something while you're waiting and you have to change the things that you're thinking about in your life. Then we have the younger generation that won't wait on anything. I ordered this through Amazon Prime at 10 o'clock, and by golly, you better be there by 5:30. I'm calling. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They have same-day delivery on some of this stuff anymore. Well, I'm hungry. Let's just get some DoorDash. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. We don't like the process. We don't want to do anything because it's a hard time waiting on anything. Very much a microwave society we live in. If you pop it in, it's supposed to be good right now. Well, let me tell you something. You didn't get jacked up overnight. You didn't go through the things that you went through overnight. It's going to take a process for God to get you to the place to pull all of that stuff out of you. Woo. Preaching that old church got me fired up this morning. God elevates you through elimination. Yeah. Yeah. To get you to the place where He wants to take you to, He's gonna have to wipe some stuff off. Yeah. He's gonna have to eleva- He's gonna have to eliminate a lot of things in your life that you keep holding on to. God says, I'm trying to take you higher and you keep going lower. There are things that you need to learn in the pasture, there are things that you need to unlearn. We live our lives right now of knowing the same thing. This happened to me when I was four. This happened to me when I was nine. And God said, I'm teaching you in a process, but there's a time when you have to unlearn all of those things that you've been taught. There's a process in that. Correction in private keeps it from showing up in public. There are some things that God is trying to work out in your life when nobody's looking. Thank God for that. He's trying to work out your salvation with your fear and trembling right now. But he's not trying to show it to the whole world. He's trying to take care of it so it doesn't take care of you later. When you get to the point right now, there are some lessons that only God and the pasture and that silence can teach you. That position, and if you stay in that position and you do what you're supposed to do, it will put you in the right position when at the right time. We live in a world that wants to get to the platform, but they don't want to hear the pain. We've got a world that wants to get to, to doing the, the most famous. They want to be a millionaire by the time they're 28, but they don't want to get a J-O-B when they're 24. Woo! I'm telling you, there is a process to get to anything that you want to achieve in your life. You have to go through this. David was looking out it. he was like, by the time he was sent back to the pasture, it was 20. Years before he became king. 20 years. We won't wait 20 minutes. Think about it. We have a hard time with 20 minutes. He waited 20 years. How did he not lose hope when there was no throne in sight? How did he stay faithful in the season where it looked like nothing was going on? Man, you're sitting in a season right now, and you feel like, man, there's just nothing going on right now. I don't know where I'm going and what I'm doing, and and, and, it just seems like I'm stagnant and stale. God says, I've got you right where I want you to be. Right where I want you. You have a calling on your life, and you've been anointed anointed by God, but you're annoyed at God. Annoyed. That's pretty good. Anointed, but annoyed. But still... I'm taking care of these stupid sheep. Still, i got to work this 8 to 5 job that I don't really like to work it. I'm still sitting behind that desk, and I'm still answering the phone, and God's already shown me what my destiny is. He's already shown me what my future is going to be. I know the plans that I have for you is plans for a good future, but yet I'm sitting here right now, and I'm not seeing that good future right now. What are we going to do? Service? Serving looks like doing things you don't want to do all the time. David did not want to stay in the pasture for 20 more years, but let me tell you what God's about to do in his life. What looks like humiliation is preparation. That's a Twitter. That was old. What looks like humiliation can be preparation. God, but here's what he's doing. He's watching how you handle the season of humiliation. He's watching how you handle the time when nobody's looking at you and nobody's giving you anything and you're, you're having a hard time. But he's looking how you're going to handle that season. And how you handle that one season, how you leave one size season, sorry, is how you're going to enter into another one. If you're griping and complaining and just grouchy all the time, God said, I ain't going to give why would I give you more when you can't handle what I've given you? Waiting on God does not equal doing nothing. Number three, the pastor turns obstacles into opportunities. He turned his loneliness into a relationship. Can you imagine his brothers are like, there's David out there in that field. Who's that fool talking to? He's talking to somebody out there. I don't know. David was starting his relationship with Jesus out in that, oh God out in that field. They were probably saying, man, he's doing went crazy. He's been hanging around the sheep too long. He's out there talking to himself. But little did they know that he was developing a relationship that would take him farther than he'd ever been before. He learned how to be with God. And that's why the Bible says that, that the Lord was with David. Because he learned how to be with him. He turned his silence David turned silence into listening. We live in a very loud world. It's screaming at us all the time. We're we're going this way. We're doing this and we're doing that. There is a time when we have to get down. We just have to learn how to be still. The Bible says, be still and know that I am the Lord. But yet we've got this to do and that to do and I'm guilty of that. And we're always going in all these directions. And God said, if you would just sit down. Oh, come on. If you would just sit down in the middle of your pasture sometime and sit on a rock and just talk to me for a little while, I'll show you what's on the other side of what you feel like you've been left out of. He turned the mundane into practice. Practice. Um, y'all, none of y'all sports people wouldn't get that. Practice. You're talking about sheep? That's practice. But he turned practice into slinging. That's an Allen Iverson joke, if y'all. Thank you. I got three laughs out of that one. Here we go. He turned the mundane into practice. He learned how to play a harp out there when nobody was looking, because the harp would put him in front of a king. He learned how to sling a sling and throw a rock because he knew one day there was going to be an opportunity to turn this. Obstacle into an opportunity and sling a rock and and destroy the enemy. He could have sat there and said, I'm not going to learn my skill. A lot of times, what we do is we want to have all of the skills, but we don't want to do the practice. I was going to be Larry Bird. Y'all know who that is? Y'all know who that is? (laughs) Thank you. Okay, here we go. I was going to be Larry Bird. I had all the qualifications. I was white. I couldn't jump. I wasn't fast. But I didn't want to put the work that Larry Bird put in. Larry shot a 1,000 shots every single day. He went out there practice. When nobody else was looking, he was shooting these shots. He often got around guys that were bigger than him and better than him. And he, he upped his competition because he knew that the place where it was going to take him to would require practice. He turned his boredom into being battle ready. He used time to become trained. And sometimes, you know, God can't train you in 20 minutes. He can't train you in a day. He has to take time in the practice. What you consider obstacles, what you consider roadblocks, what you consider bad things, it may be God teaching us how to navigate the plan that he has for us. He has a perfect plan. But sometimes we get outside of the plan and we want to go the way we want to go. And he's trying to figure out how to to kind of get us back to the place where we need to be. It may be God trying to teach us something. When you're going through, what you're going through may be necessary to get you where, to where you're going to. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. I, what you're going through may be necessary yeah. to get you to where you're going to. Yeah. So many times we give up on the plan of God because it gets hard, because it, 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 looks, like, it looks like nobody's looking or nobody's paying attention yeah. to whatever, so we give up. But number three, the pasture helps you see things differently. How you see something determines how you react to it. That's right. Come on. Y'all you y'all have had triggers of sight and things. Like, oh my gosh, man, I can't believe that. How you see something is how you react to it. He had to start looking at his circumstances differently. He started, hey, I had to start looking at his situation differently. He had to start looking at all of the things around him differently. The pasture was the place where David's spiritual eyes were opened. He could see in the physical, but he had to be able to see in the spiritual to get to the place where God was going to take him and elevate him in future. He started seeing through God's eyes. He saw the lion, and he saw the bear, and he saw the loneliness, and he saw them as opportunities, not obstacles. He looked at his scars, and, you know, he may have went into a thorn patch and, and pulled out a sheep and could have scratched his arm. And there was another scar when he fought a lion, and the lion came in and just ripped about a little big part, part of his leg off here. And there was another one where he fought a bear, and the bear put it But what he did when he got in front of the giant, he looked at the scars, and he said, I got that. Yeah. This is what God did in private. Yeah. That shows up in public. He saw things differently. He didn't see them as pain. He didn't see them as hurt. He didn't see... I think if we could start seeing our lives a whole lot differently, yeah. then what we would do, we could change the world. But yet we see things the way we've always saw. Seen them, saw them. We see them the way we've always seen them. And we won't change the way we do. He looked at his scars as a reminder of what God did when nobody else was looking. Yes. God is doing some things in your life right now where it doesn't look like anything to the. Have you ever have you ever not seen anybody for a little while and they lost a little bit of weight? My gosh, you don't... but if you see them every day, you don't see the progress. But I've seen I've been trying that one for a few years now. It's not working. Maybe I maybe I need to see you guys for about six months or something. No, I take that back. But sometimes you don't visibly see what God is doing until you get to the product, until God finishes the product. And when he gets that product primed and ready to go for where he's going to go, that's when God says, because he could not do anything with David until David went through this process. But this process was going to get him to a place where he was going to be in front of the king, he was going to take on the enemy. Someone needs to understand and hear that they're, God is more interested in preparation than punishment. We feel like we're being punished all the time. We feel like oh God, I just if we could just do this. But you see it as an end, but God sees it as a beginning. Peter cursed God. Peter denied God. Peter ran away when Jesus needed him the most. But what did he do later? Peter Peter took charge in the upper room when the church was being birthed. It says and Peter stood up and he and he approached the people. They could have said, No, Peter, you were just an outcast and you let God down, and Jesus could have said, I'll never use you again. But God always sees the end from the beginning. He always sees what he's gonna make out of the product. I like this. David didn't need to be seen, he needed to be skilled. We live in a world, in a social media world right now, where it's watch me whip, see me. It wasn't even the right way, was it? It's okay. But everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to, be, want to see me. I'm here. We'll put our best pictures up, and we'll do everything to get the attention that we need to do. That's why I dance so well. But what if David never picked up a sword? Think about it. What if he never picked up a sling? What if he sat out there and he was having a pity party for himself? Do you know who's invited to a pity party? It's you and you. And if you've ever been invited to one that someone else was having, uh, count me out because I don't want to be invited to that one. You ever been invited to one of those? Like, what in the world did you call, me call this meeting of me and you and your alter ego? I don't know what you call me here for. But what if he had never written a song? What if he'd never written a poem? We wouldn't have had the Psalms. We wouldn't have had half of the, a quarter of the Bible was written about David. What if he decided to give up when things got hard? He had every opportunity to give up. Again, we can't wait 10 minutes. He waited 20 years. He could have sat out there feeling sorry for himself. Instead, he used that time of preparation. I'm going to tell you something. He is trying to perfect you, and he's trying to prepare you. So instead of pouting, I think we just need to start praying. Instead of running away, we need to run and run to God. A lot of times when things start getting hard, and we've seen this so many times and since we've been doing this, man, things will get hard in people's life. The first thing they do is run away from God. They quit coming to church and they and they quit doing anything that's leading them to that place. I'm telling you, when there's something that needs to happen in your life, you need to run to God, not run away from it. Instead of pouting, already did that one. Instead of worrying, we need to worship. Instead of fear, we need to get faith built up in us. Let me tell you something. David was scared out there. You can't tell me, he was human. He was scared out there. There was times when it was dark and lonely and there were some noises that was going on that he didn't know what was going on. But he decided to not let fear dictate who he was. He wanted to dictate faith to who he was. Your pain can be your purpose. Your past can help someone else's future. Your hurt can be someone else's healing. And your struggle can be your strength. There's going to be a day when you'll be able to stand up to someone and say, I've been there. Yeah, that's right. I've, been there. I've done that. Yeah. I figured that out. And you know that thing that you thought was going to kill you is what God's going to use to elevate you. Yeah. That thing that you thought, my gosh, I'll never get out of this. You're going to be telling a story to someone. I'm getting you excited this morning. You're going to be telling someone, I've been there and i come out of that and I'm healed and whole. Yeah. In Jesus' name, don't give up. History was depending on him. You know why? Because who was in the family tree of David? Jesus Christ. He could have given up. Jesus would have made away from someone else. Oh, that's another right there. He's in the lineage of Jesus. Your family, people, the world are depending on your choice. They're depending on if you're gonna sit and waller what waller waller, waller to country in the pasture. Or if you're going to get up, and you're going to go anyway. We live, I'm just telling you, David in social media want everybody to see us. But David was not approved on social media. He wasn't approved at the city square. Wouldn't you think they'd take a king? What do they do with the president, man? There's a day where they spend millions of dollars and they inaugurate him. He wasn't approved at the city square. He wasn't approved at any public place. But listen. God did not get to know him in the palace. He got to know him in the pasture. Sometimes the palace, it clouds your way of thinking. Sometimes if God elevates you too fast, it clouds the way that you think. But listen to this. I'm going to ask you this morning, if y'all stand with me. I'm going to ask you this morning, where are you? Where are you? Are you standing on the outside looking at the party going on in the house and saying, I wish I was there. They never invite me to those parties. I wish I had a relationship like that with my father. Oh, that's for somebody in here this morning. I wish they would have invited me. Never feeling like you're worthy enough to be invited into anything. Do you feel like you're standing back sometimes? You desire that relationship. You just can't quite get there. You've looked at it through people and you've looked at it through things and, and, and things, and it's just not quite fulfilled you. But God is looking for a relationship with you, just you and Him. Nobody can go, nobody can do that for you. And nobody, He's looking for a personal relationship with you.